Hey, my friend, I hope you're doing well. It is Sunday afternoon, and we're here on the river. Tata and I just got done recording Tuesdays with Tata, so you're going to hear this on Tuesday. I just want to give you a couple of things from inside the episode that you're going to hear. We had a great conversation about the book of Job and about how important it is. Tata wanted us to make sure that we know what we've decided about God before we get into calamity and hardship of life. These traumas and tragedies that come along can knock us off our feet unless we've already decided that we know who our Redeemer is and that our Redeemer lives. In the middle of the episode, you're going to hear Tata mention an old hymn, I Know That My Redeemer Lives, and I found a uh, Church of Christ acapella version of that song from a couple that did a great job, Scott and Rochelle Galloway on YouTube. I'm going to play you that when Tata talks about the hymn. We're going to play that four-part harmony that this uh, young couple did. They did a wonderful job. And that's kind of how Tata and I would have sung it growing up uh, in the Church of Christ. You would have heard us singing that song. And of course, now we play a lot of music that has instruments and all of that. But growing up, it was Acapella, and this uh, couple did a great job. So I just want you to kind of feel how Tata hears it in his heart when he talks about these old hymns, and they did a great job. And we're also going to play an acoustic version of Matt Redman's song, Blessed Be Your Name, because that phrase in Job, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away, is exactly where Matt Redman got the song, Blessed Be Your Name. So it's going to come in in the middle of the episode, too. Buckle up. This is a good one. Tata's got some great wisdom for us. And you can't change your life until you change your mind. And one thing you got to change your mind about is that you need to know that your Redeemer lives, and that will help you get through the hard parts of life. And the good news is, as Lisa always tells us, you can start today. Hey, are you ready to change your life? If the answer is yes, there's only one rule. You have to change your mind first. And my friend, there's a place where the neuroscience of how your mind works smashes together with faith and everything starts to make sense. That place is called self-brain surgery. You can learn it and it will help you become healthier, feel better, and be happier. And the good news is you can start today. Thanks, Lisa. Hey, so glad to have you listening today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I live in Nebraska in the United States of America with my incredible wife, Lisa, my father-in-law, Tata, and the super pups, Harvey and Lewis. I'm a neurosurgeon and an author, and I'm here to help you harness neuroscience, the power of your brain, faith, the power of your spirit, and good old common sense to help you lead a healthier, better, happier life. Listen, friend, you can't change your life until you change your mind, and I'm here to help you learn the art of self-brain surgery to get it done if you'd like the show. Please subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends about it. If you tell two or three friends this podcast was helpful to you, imagine how much good we can all do around the world together. I'm Dr. Lee Warren, and I'm here to help you change your mind so you can change your life. Let's get after it. Well, my friend, we're back, and it is Sunday afternoon and a beautiful day on the river, and I'm sitting here with my main man, Tata. How's it going, Tata? I'm going well, thank you. We've recovered from the skunk attack of (laughs) 2022. (laughs) Yes, we have. Harvey got into a skunk last night, and if you didn't read my newsletter this week, go back and check it out on Substack, uh, drleewarren.substack.com. We talked about the terrible skunk attack. We're hoping that the farmers will get that Sudan grass bales out of here because there's a family <laughs> of skunks living in there. Uh, it was pretty bad, wasn't it, Tata? It was, it was very strong. I have never, never experienced that before. It was, to uh, that extent. It was legit. Once, So what happens is the dogs get sprayed, and then they come in the house, and every place their foot lands deposits some of that yeah. stuff everywhere they lie down, every place they go. And so the house, within just a few minutes, was reeked. a war zone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the house been, reeked. <laughs> we've been bleaching and washing. In fact, you'll probably hear the... we got the ceiling fans on, the windows open, and we got the washer running because the dogs' beds are 
getting washed. So you may hear some little bit extra background noise, but but if it's Sunday afternoon and we're doing this, that means it's Tuesdays with Tata. Yes, Lord willing. Lord willing. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Boy, we had a, a great talk on Friday conversations with Clarissa Mall. We did, you did. Uh, that was that was that was really beneficial. I think so too. If you haven't read uh, her book Beyond the Darkness, friend, you should check it out. If you're dealing with grief or loss or anything that hurts, um, she had a, a wonderful. A very practical book that, that's been uh, really helpful to me, and I think it will be helpful to you too. So go back and check out last Friday's Friday conversation. And this Friday, we have uh, an exciting one coming up. Elisa Childers was on the show, on, and will be released on Friday, um, in that to talk about her book, um, Live Your Truth and Other Lies, which I'm very excited about. That was a great conversation. So, But today is Sunday, and this is going to be Tuesdays with Tata, mm. and my favorite conversation of every week is with you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. And I get to talk to two of the smartest people, I've, the, the two smartest people I've ever known, Lisa and Tata, every day. Uh, and it's quite a blessing. Well, you're people. very gracious. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome. What are we going to talk about today, Tata? Well, it, I, it's something that's been uh, running through my feeble brain for some time. Um, but Job says, and and that that's where we are, uh, friends. If you have your Bible, uh, 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 and I pray that you do, uh, Job 19 and 25. Um, Job says something that just is very strong to me. <clears throat> for I know... That my Redeemer lives, and that he, at, at, at the last, he will stand upon the earth. Mm. He knows. And you see, that, that is, do uh, you think about that just a moment, that, that he knew that his Redeemer lives? But the question that we have, of course, well, who was Job? What about Job? And that's why, and that's why today we do some reading maybe in, in, in Job chapter 1. Um, that that will and and that will give you a better insight. Give us a better insight into what this man was like and what happened to him and what caused him to come to that conclusion. <clears throat> but in chapter one of Job, there was a man in the land of Oz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Mm. Could would it be that? All, that could be said about all of us. Yep. What a what an acclamation. Amen. That's one of those. There's a lot of little places in the Bible that I think would be good little epigraphs on tombstones. And yes. That, that'd be a good one if somebody said you were blameless and upright, feared God and shunned evil. And and there were was born to him seven sons and three daughters, and he, he possessed seven thousand sheep, three thousand camels, five hundred yoke of oxen and 500 female donkeys and many servants. So this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. So apparently he was very wealthy as well. Yep. His sons used to go and hold a feast in the house of each one on his day and they would spend and and they would send and invite their sisters to eat and drink with them. And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them. So he must have prayed over them. He was concerned about them. Yeah. So they, they, and that gives you an idea that the parties may have lasted a long time. I don't know. That's right. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know what else could have happened during the party. And in the morning, he would offer burnt or offerings according to the number of them. He, so he, he had a burnt offering for each one of them. Yeah. For all of his, for his sons and for his daughters. 
He, he prayed for all of his kids all the time. Yes. Every, because they, they often had these feasts. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus God did this, thus Job this, did that continually. Wow. So he did it without ceasing. He, he offered sacrifice for, for his children. He, he consecrated them. He prayed over them. He was concerned about them that they may have sinned and they may have cursed God in their hearts. Yeah. It, 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 it wouldn't have been, he was concerned not only about their overt actions, but he was concerned about what they might think. Yeah. Now, there was a day when the sons, and some translations say the angels. But this, I'm reading from the, the English Standard Version. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan was also among them. Oh. Do you have a picture of that? He's standing with, with, with the angels in the presence of God, Satan. Wow. So, and, and we know that he can be, Jesus said, he could be, a, he could be an angel of light. Yeah. From, and, and God said to Satan... From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on, on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, there, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? The same thing that was said about Job in the beginning, these, this, God is saying this. God's saying it, yeah. So God knew... And what did, what's the first thing you see is God called him my servant. Mm-hmm. So he served God and worshiped God. That's right. <clears throat> Have you considered, and then, and then Satan answered to the Lord and said, does, God, does Job fear God for no reason? Mm. Have, you put a, have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has and on every side? And you've blessed all of his work and blessed his family and blessed him, but yet he's still, he's still an upright man, blameless and upright, and feared God and turned away from evil. Yep. Even though God had blessed him immensely. And so what did, what did Satan say after that? But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. Mm. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand, only against him, do not stretch out your hand. So Satan went out. So God told him, do what you will with him, but you can't touch him. Yeah. You can't, you can't hurt him. And so, and the next part of this is, uh, you have to really stop and think about this thing. And when you think about tragedy in your life, and you think about the trials and tribulations that you suffer through, think about this. Maybe you're not the only one. Yeah. Maybe you're, think about your neighbor. Now there was, in the beginning in verse uh, 13, now there was a day when the sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And there came a messenger to Job and said, the oxen were, were plowing and the donkeys were feeding beside them and the Sabaeans fell upon them and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I, have, I alone have escaped to tell you so he brought this report to it. And just keeps on, while he was talking, another servant came and said, the fire of, the, of, of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Yeah. 
And while he was still speaking, the Chaldeans formed three groups and made an array on the, on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. So tragedy fell on Job's possessions. Yeah. He lost everything in one fatal swoop. And then, he, then another servant appears and says, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped. Mm. So in, in, just, in just moment, and we, we, I don't have a, we don't have a picture of what that time elapsed to all of this take place, but... They, the, it's, it indicates that the servants came immediately. Yeah, right after it all happened, happened at once. It happened day. at one time. He lost everything he had, his family. Yeah. The only thing he didn't lose was his life. And then again, on a, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. This is in chapter 2. Well, one second before we move on. I want to, I want to point out, Job's had the worst day you can imagine I've lost one child. You've lost two. He lost ten at the same time, all his children. And in verse 20, Job's heard all this news, and what does he do? Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, and fell to the ground in worship. He turned to God in that moment. That's right. What What an example for us. Like When the worst thing that can happen in your life happens, what should your first move be? Go back to God. Look to God. Because he's the only safe place you have. That's right. And so often the devil convinces us to run away from God. That's right. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but that, no, I no, that no, was no, that's good. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out, because in, in chapter one and verse, uh, oh, I think it's verse. Uh, I'm having a hard time seeing right now. Uh, in the last verse, chapter tw- verse twenty-two, in all this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. That's right. He did not. All, think about this. All, he was there peacefully, and the servants came bringing him all of this, this bad news. He lost all of his animals. He lost his herd. And uh, he lost his family. He lost his children. And all, all of that took place in one, one, sh- one place. Yep. Um, but yet God did not sin, or he did not charge Job God with sin. wrong. Yep. So I, I, I have a... a uh, and and I, I'm I'm human as well, so but I still have a hard picture of that. I mean, I have a hard time take, getting a picture of that. Yeah. But when tragedy falls on us, if we, it depends on how we are before it happens. That's right. If we if we were and and the, and the account from God was that He was blameless, upright, and without sin. That's right. And avoided evil. And it and it depends on what we've decided about God before. And we talked about Lucky Chuck, my patient, who said his wife, when she was dying of cancer, said, you better decide before I get really sick how you feel about God because you're going to need him. That's right. And the time to make those decisions is not when you're in the midst of grief. No, no, because your thinking process just goes off the rails. That's right. So be ready. And then in chapter 2, the, the scene changes because Job has already lost all of his possessions. Yeah. Again, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them to present himself before the Lord. Satan was with them to present himself. And the Lord said to Satan, From where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. And the Lord said, to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? 
There is none like him on the earth. There is none like mm. him on the earth. Mm. A blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil. He still holds fast his integrity. Although you have incited me against him to destroy him without reason. Wow. Think of this. Now this is God talking to Satan. Mm. What kind of, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what else that went, what took place in that exchange, but uh, I, I, looking at that kind of picture, that, and that's one of the things that, that Jesus himself said, that, that we should fear God and keep his commandments. That's right. And that's what Job did. Yeah. He feared God and kept his commandments. He did. Even in the, even in the hard circumstances. Absolutely. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin, all that a man has, he will give for his life. So now we're getting down to the point where the Lord is going to release Satan so that he can attack Job. But stretch out your hand and touch his bone and his flesh and he will curse you to his face. You see, he's already, Satan has already said that to God once before and yeah. it didn't happen. And he was wrong. Yeah. He was wrong because Job held on. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, he is in your hand, only spare his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and struck Job with a loathsome sword from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head. And he took a piece of broken pottery with which to scrape himself while he sat in the ashes. And then look at this next scene. Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast to your integrity? Curse God and die. The one who was closest to him. But he said to her, you speak as one of the foolish women would speak. So shall we receive good from God and not receive evil? And in all of this, God, Job did not sin with his lips. Wow. You know, that's, that's twice now. In two chapters here, verse 10 of chapter 2, shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And back in verse 21 of chapter 1, he says, the Lord gives and the Lord has taken away May the name of the Lord be praised. That's where Matt Redmond got that line in the song, um, Blessed Be Your Name. You give and take away. That's right. That's right. My heart will surely say, Blessed Be Your Name. That came right out of Job.
Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name on the road marked with suffering. Though there's pain in the offering, blessed be your name. Every blessing you pour out, I'll turn back to praise. When the darkness closes in, Lord, still I will sing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your name. Your name. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be your glorious name. Your glory. And that is so that is so true, because when we first settle the matter in our own hearts about what we're going to do about God or what we're going to believe about God, then the rest of it is you can live with you can live through it. That's right. You can't live with it, but you'll live through it. That's right. And then Job's friend came, and and they sat in on the ground for seven days and seven nights and didn't say a word. Then they start speaking. Yeah. That's, of course, this is another. This is another, better when they weren't another point. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, that they came to comfort him, but they wound up uh, digging the, uh, the ditch even deeper. Yeah. For themselves. That's right. But think of this, and, and all of this, Job did not sin. And 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 the end of the story is is, is beautiful to me because all, all of God, Job was restored. And, and but a lot of lessons took place, and if mm-hmm. and if you have not spent any time in, in reading and thinking about uh, what happened to Job, I would encourage you to do that because there are many many lessons in here for us. Yep. Personally, I mean uh, the the passage that one of, that one of the statements that was made about Job when he was talking to God and God was talking to him is, "I'll cover my mouth." Job said, "Yeah, I'm not going to talk anymore." Yep. Because you're the only one yep. that knows what's going on. That's right. And you're the only one that can do anything about it. That's right. Yeah, he has a chance to question God, and God's very patient with him, and, and he lets him question him. And then I love, in, I think it's in 40, and God says, okay, 
Now gird up your loins like a man, and I'm going to question you, and you answer me. You think you know so much about what's going on and what my plans are? You better get ready. That's right. And that's what Job said, I will cover my mouth. I'm not going to speak anymore. Sorry, I learned my lesson. And and there's so many other lessons. Job said that he had made a covenant with his eyes. Yeah. He made not a to look lustfully on a young woman. Yeah. Yeah. He, had, he had made a deal with himself. Yeah. So how did how did he how did he how did he come to this relationship with God? God had a had a special special view of him, and I think he has a special view of all of us that try very diligently to do what what is right. That's right. And not and be and not and be blameless, and not not commit sin. Yeah. But so it is it is a struggle. To, to get through the days, yes. Uh, but if we can hold on to God, if we can just hold on to him, and, and when you feel so we, that you can't go anymore, look, ask him, help me. Yeah. Help me. Help me get through this. Give me the strength and, and the, the strength and endurance to get through it so I, I can come out on the other side of it alive and well and have peace and have hope. So what are the lessons for us? Well, the lessons for us are like one, we have to first of all decide that what we're going to what we're going to think about God before all of the tragedy that happens to us That's because right. like you've said many times and and we're all we're all we're all familiar with that and and we're evidence of it as well but bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. But That's bad right. things happen to bad people too. That's right. Because in this in this life the prophet said that it's appointed unto man three score and ten years. That's right. So the rest of that time is premium time, if you have it. That's right. So, but again, looking to looking solely to God and looking for nothing else but hope in Him and trust in Him is where where we found Job. So the lessons are many. So if we lose everything that we have, we still have God. That's right. And that's where Job was. He still had God. And that's how he could say, I know my Redeemer lives. Mm, that's right. Tata. When we know something, uh, we, 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 we accept it, we ascertain that it's correct, and we, and we know that one and one equals two. Uh, we've been taught that. But to know something, when you know something in your heart like Job did about God and about his Redeemer, and of course, the Redeemer that he was talking about is Jesus Christ. Um, he knew, he, I know my Redeemer lives. And, and that brings me to a, an old song we used to sing. And I, I don't know, we may still sing it somewhere. But, and the title of this song, and this, what is so amazing to me, this song was written in 1917. Wow. Uh, I know that my Redeemer lives. And I'll share a couple of verses with it. No, don't, be, don't be alarmed, I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> not going to sing a solo but we'll play it. The, the, uh, the, the song itself is, is, is right. I, I would think that it, it, this had to be where Job was in his thinking. I know that my Redeemer lives and ever prays for me. Mm. I know eternal life he gives from sin and sorrow free. Can you imagine the sorrow that Job was experiencing in the grief? Mm. Yeah. He lost everything, but he lost his family. He wills, in verse 2, he wills that I should holy be in word, in thought, in deed. Hmm. Holy. Then I, his holy face, may see 
when from this earth life freed. That's right. And then the last verse, I know that over yonder stands a place prepared for me, a home, a house not made with hands, most wonderful to see. Mm. I know my I Redeemer know, lives. I know that my Redeemer lives and ever prays for me. Eternal life he gives from sin and sorrow free. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know eternal life he gives. I know that my Redeemer lives, that my Redeemer lives. I know, I know that over yonder stands. A place prepared for me, a home, a home, a house not made with hands, most wonderful to see. I know, I know that my Redeemer lives, I know, I know eternal life he gives, I know that my So can we can we can we come to that place? Yes. Will we come to that place? It's up to us. We have to decide. That's right. We're going to have to decide whether we believe that our Redeemer lives. That's right. And and that He ever prays for us. Amen. And that He wants us to be in His house. Yes, He does. So that, to me. Think about that verse, and, and I don't know, spend some time, maybe 19, to, chapter 19 and verse 25. I know, Job said, I know my Redeemer lives and ever pray, and, and, and I, he will stand upon the earth, and Jesus did. And, it, it, that, and, I, and that verse, I have it underlined in, in, this, in this Bible that. And at, la- at the last, he will stand upon the earth. Well, this is actually a prophecy of what's actually going to happen. Like at the end, like in the new heaven and the new earth, Jesus will stand. He'll reign here that's on right. earth. He will be supreme. That's right. And there will be no one else. And every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that that's Jesus right. is Lord. And there will be no more. No more sorrow, no more tears, no more. And that, was, that reminds me of another song we used to sing. No tears in heaven fair. That's right. No tears, no sorrow there. That's right. So, friends, take, take, to, take, it to, take it to your deepest thought about how this man lived, how Job lived, and yet, and all of the things that happened to him, and, and pray that all of these things not happen to us at one time, but... And I know, I know there's a lot of things that probably would, would, people can question about that, but uh, there's still a powerful example for us. That's right. If we, if, we walk, if we walk righteously and we walk hand in hand with God, we'll spend eternity with Him. And I can tell you, uh, this life, uh, we people, people talk about time flies. Well, time doesn't fly. It moves at a fixed rate. That's right. Um, but 70 years is not very long. No, it's not. Uh, someone once said, when you get to be 35 years of, old, of age, you can see behind you as far as you can see in front of you. That's terrifying. 
But that isn't how our, our Lord intended for us to live. Nope. Not in fear, but in hope and in faith and, That's right. and joy. That's right. He, 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 wants us to, he wants us to be happy with being here. But at the same time, and, and I know, I, I, there's so many things that happen to people that are just stunning. Um, they're overwhelming when you think about it. And, and, if, and, and that's what we should do. We should, be, we should bear one another's burdens and we should yeah. be concerned about them. But looking at how uh, some people have, had, have go through hard times and, and yet don't seem to have anything to hold on to. That's a sad, that's a sad commentary. Yeah. So. We got an email last night um, from a woman who went to bed one night, woke up the next morning, her husband was dead in the bed next oh. to her. Healthy 60-year-old mm. athlete just didn't wake up. Mm. And she's talking about how hard it is to be surprised by grief, as C.S. Lewis said. You know, yeah. He wrote that book. Clarissa and, Mall was talking about that on the, in the podcast, just about how you come to this place where it becomes true that you can have terrible grief that never goes away and joy right. and a real thriving life again at the same time. That's right. And, and that's, what, that's really what our, the, the whole point of doing this is about, is you can live again even when you go through hard things like Job did. That's right. But you'll never stop hurting, but you can still have hope. Well, the, and, and the pain... Um, the suffering, uh, you you have a tendency to think think about, uh, and, I, and I don't know I don't know the whole story about this, but uh, 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 what it did here was a woman that was diagnosed with cancer, and she kept saying to God, "Why me, God?" And then finally she said, "Why not me? Why not me? That's right." Think about that. Yeah. How, how can you come? How does a person come to that place? That's right. Where they can say that? Yeah, there's a there's a story in my new book um, where I'm talking to chaplain Pastor John after Mitch died about just how extraordinary it is to to go through something like losing a child, and he made a point that I'll never forget that it's extraordinary. But it's also ordinary. Like That's right. Every day, even in the hospital where I work, every single day, there's a baby born and there's great joy and there's somebody that dies and there's yeah, great yeah. sorrow. And, That's right. and somebody finds out that they've beaten cancer and somebody else finds out that they've developed it. Yeah. And, and so the, the sufferings of life are ordinary. We all go through them, even though on an individual level they're extraordinary. So you're right. The question is not why me, it's why not or when will it. Yeah. And you get ready for those massive things by knowing who your redeemer is, That's right. and having a bedrock faith right. and some and some bullets in your gun to shoot at these right. problems, so you don't lose hope. That's right, because some people talk about losing sleep over things, and when you lay your head on a pillow at night, you should have peace. That's right, because you should have settled the matter. That's right. God has already settled it. Yep. He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to die for us. <clears throat> And through his death, we were redeemed. We were brought back from sin when we had no hope. I know who my Redeemer is. It's hard to feel redeemed if you don't know that you need it. That's right. And so that's one thing I would say to you, friend. If you, if you feel like life is so hard and your wheels are spinning and you're just not sure why, 
maybe the first question to settle is, have you allowed him to redeem your life? That's right. Like, have you allowed him to change your perspective on what's happening and what this is all about and yeah. where we go next and, and all those things? And, and maybe, maybe you need um, to write in and talk to Tata or find a pastor or a chaplain who can help you, um, somebody who will study the Bible with you and help you reframe your thinking on these things. Because it does give you so much peace and so much hope when you know who your Redeemer is. That's right. Amen. If we're going to make that decision, Tata, when should we start? We better start today. <laughs> hey, thanks for listening. Please subscribe to the show so you automatically get every episode. And if you like the show, you'll love my weekly letter. Check out my writing at drleewarren.substack.com, drleewarren.substack.com. Get the free newsletter every week for my best prescriptions for becoming healthier, feeling better, and being happier through the power of faith and neuroscience smashing together via self-brain surgery, drleewarren.substack.com. And if you need prayer, go to the prayer wall at wleewarrenmd.com slash prayer. The theme music for the show is Make Us One by Tommy Walker, graciously provided for free by the great folks over at tommywalkerministries.org. Check it out and consider supporting them, tommywalkerministries.org. Remember, you can't change your life until you change your mind. And the good news is you can start today. I'm Dr. Lee Warren. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you, friend. Have a great day.